0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be back with today's guests, but first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank Huddle for their support. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle is built for every level of play, from club and youth through high school and college, and even the pros are using Huddle to help their teams play better. You're in good company with over 6 million users, including your student-athletes, most of your parents, and the coaches of the college teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you or how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also wanna thank Violet Defense for their support. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for your for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see just what these fantastic products can do for you. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or to learn more and get started with your digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589, or you can email them at sales. At vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by LifeTrack for their sponsorship of the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by LifeTrack are a quick Easy and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic department. Athletic Surveys by LifeTrack also connects you with uh, 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out the testimonials, and then call them at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Go to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them show you how to take your athletic program from good to great. And we also, again, want to thank them for sponsoring the athletic directors toolbox segment of the podcast. Perfect. Hey, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD podcast. We're going to Cleveland today and we're going to be visiting with Ryan Virtue. Uh, Ryan is a regional partnership manager with the Positive Coaching Alliance group. Um, You know, I'm met Ryan. uh, Ryan and I met, I guess, uh, you know, through LinkedIn. Uh, Gosh, it seems like a long time ago. We've been wanting to get this episode on for a long time. We're finally doing it. Uh, For our listeners, we're recording on February 28th. But uh, Ryan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Jake. I appreciate the opportunity to join you. And and like you said, I've been listening to your podcast uh, on and off for a better part of a year now and, and have enjoyed it. So I'm excited to be on this side of it.
0: Well, we appreciate the support, and uh, I'm excited uh, here, and I'm sure our listeners are too, about you know all the things uh, that are going on with Positive Coaching Alliance and how maybe they can get more involved. But before we do that, uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born and grew up and went to school, maybe that five-minute bio, and kind of how your path has led you to your current position with Positive Coaching.
1: Perfect. Well, I can tell you, and you'll probably pick it up a little bit on my accent on certain words. I'm Canadian, so um, I uh, was born in the Toronto area, grew up in the Ottawa, Ontario area, um, and I was a multi-sport athlete. I played baseball uh, as well as volleyball, actually. Boys volleyball in Canada is a pretty big sport, so uh, that was my winter sport. Um, And then I played a lot of, I would say, I was a a backyard, backyard sport guy as well. I played a lot of just things in the yard with friends and, and growing up, and, and just enjoying and finding love for, for sport in general. Um, had a chance to um, go play collegiately. Uh, I played Division one baseball at Niagara University, um, and it was an incredible experience. I was a sport management student, got heavily involved uh, on campus in a number of different facets, specifically working in the athletics department um, with the collegiate marketing side as well as uh, some of the advancement side and and fundraising side. And so it was a great experience for me to really get uh, hands-on knowledge at the back end of of college sport. And so that's kind of where my career uh, took me to. And and so post-graduation, I I coached a little bit along the way at different levels. And then, uh, but I went specifically down the administrative path uh joined an organization for a one-year internship called NACTA. it's uh, the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics uh, which is actually the basically the NIAAA um, of college sports um so we oversee all of the college athletic directors associations within that organization and so I was there for a year uh, I like to joke that I got deported because I ran out of my student visa um so ultimately Moved back to uh, to Canada, I had a chance to become the event marketing promotions coordinator for the university of Calgary, up in Calgary, Alberta. Um, was there for a couple of years. And then and while I was there, I was also the pitching coach for the baseball program, got involved in a, a youth baseball organization that I played summer college ball for um, while I was there. And then long story short, ended up uh, my wife and I who met who I'd met in college um, and believe it or not, We're a messed up and backwards relationship because I'm a Canadian baseball player. My wife is an American ice hockey player um, and she's from the Cleveland area. So we ended up getting married, um, had a chance to obtain a a visa to move back to the United States and be gainfully employed and moved back here. I worked for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America running their half marathon training program locally uh, for about eight months until uh, my previous internship employer, NACTA. Called me up and said hey we're creating a new position want to bring you back um and so i was there for eight years and i was fortunate to manage four of their national associations under the the big nacda umbrella so i managed nacma which was the collegiate marketing association i managed icla which is the collegiate licensing association i managed natso which was the ticketing association and then I helped onboard the NAIA Athletic Directors Association under the NACT umbrella as well. So um, so that's what I did previous to Positive Coaching Alliance and um, kind of what led me to, to that point. Uh, the whole reason I joined Positive Coaching Alliance, so I've, I've been with PCA for four years um, now, and it's been an absolutely incredible experience. Uh, but the whole reason I, I joined PCA was I kept seeing, honestly, the mental health trajectory of our college student athletes. Um, so in my role at NACTA, we were the educational networking, best practice sharing arm of Collegiate Athletics. And a lot of conversations were revolving around the development of our kids, our student athletes, and some of the challenges we were facing. And, um A lot of that mental health challenge really stemmed from uh, how deeply ingrained their identity was in being an athlete. Um, And so I started asking a lot of questions around how do we get ahead of this? Um, What are we doing in college sports to get ahead of this this mindset? Um, And they ultimately told me basically, Ryan, nothing really, and and a huge part of that is obviously only 7% of all high school athletes have a chance to go on and play at any level of the NCAA. Um, so that certainly is, is part of it. But um, I ultimately decided that I wanted to be a part of the solution as opposed to just simply talking about the problems. And I've been loosely aware of Positive Coaching Alliance and uh, long story short, uh, made a transition to help oversee our Cleveland chapter at the time. And it's been an incredible, incredible journey, both for me personally and professionally as well.
0: Wow, I I always love to hear the stories and uh, what a, a very uh, a diverse collection of experiences. Um, one question, you know, you talked about, you know, you you played and ended up coaching, you know, uh, baseball. Um, I think a lot of us, you know, we start out and you know many finish, you know, w- with coaching. And I, I'm sure the dollars, the salaries are in there, but. Um, what was for you and you talked about going down that administrative path, you know, uh, what was it, um, about the administrative opportunities that was enough to tug you away from, let's say all the positive aspects of what coaching provided.
1: Yeah, Jake, that's a great question. And it's funny because I was reflecting on this when I was speaking to a group of, of college students, not too long ago. Um, And a huge part of it for me was the more I got involved in my studies as a sport management major and actually activating them within the collegiate environment, working in the athletics department, I realized how many people there are behind the scenes just trying to create opportunities for kids to compete. Um, And so it kind of got me initially down the path of, wow, I want to learn about all these different aspects within the college athletics um, world, whether it's marketing to get butts in seats and and create you know the the fan experience and and which in turns impacts the student athlete experience whether it's the development side to to fundraise for um you know making the travel and team travel and and all the um you know business aspects of, of sport happen uh whether it's the strength and conditioning side whether it was the nutrition side whether it was the business management side i just developed a high level of interest in all these different areas that go into creating an opportunity for me to have fun playing the game I love ultimately. Um, and so the more I dove in and, and then the more I actually even thought about the youth and high school space um, and how many volunteers there were serving on boards of directors just to allow me to go out and play as a kid, uh, I just had an immense appreciation and, and wanted to pay it forward. Um, and you know I I think all the time uh, about my career and, and where I've been, the experiences I've had, the people I've met there's no way I'm going to be able to repay a lot of the people who poured into me over the course of my career, uh, both as an athlete and as a professional. But what I can do is pay it forward. And so I spend a lot of my time volunteering, trying to find ways to engage young people to help pay it forward, because there's a lot of, that goes into creating these experiences for our kids. So that's what led me down the administrative path.
0: Well, Great, great stuff. Uh, you know, there's the personal desire, you know, something you want to do. And also, you know, just helping others, paying it forward. Great stuff for our listeners. We're visiting with Ryan Virtue. He's a partnership manager, regional partnership manager for the positive coaching Alliance. We're going to find out a little bit more about what that entails, but uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, This is the educational AD podcast. We want to thank huddle for their support of the educational AD podcast. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to help their teams play better. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus, and a whole lot more. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth programs up through high schools and colleges, and even the professional ranks, are using Huddle to help their teams play better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the college and university teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you wanna find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your department and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back. We're visiting with Ryan Virtue from the Positive Coaching Alliance. Ryan, um, one of the things we all, I always like to talk about with our guests is uh, the mentors that they've had in their life. You know, none of us get here on our own. So, looking back, or even looking at the present, uh, you know, who are some of the people that helped you along the way?
1: Yeah, I, I love this question because I think self-reflection is so important. Um, and and the first ones I've got to say, like most would probably say, are, are my parents. Um, they ingrained the mindset of hard work in me at an early age. I mean, my my dad specifically came from very humble beginnings and the opportunities he provided me in my life growing up were unparalleled in comparison to what he had growing up for himself. And And he refused to you know, accept that as, as the norm and, and push to create a better experience and, and opportunity for me. And he did that successfully. And, and that was entirely through hard work. So, um, between both my parents, you know, hard work and, and certainly my mom, you know, pouring in the importance of, of, of loving others and, and supporting others and, and being that positive, uh, beacon for me, uh, was huge. Another one of my major mentors, um, and, and it's funny, I, again, when I talk to, a lot of young student athletes or, or young people it always comes up as my youth coach um, and one of the biggest things I can never get out of my mind that he always said is leave it better than you found it right and I know so many of our coaches always say that but that really has stuck with me and continues to stick with me in terms of whether it's an organization that I'm gainfully employed through whether it's even just today, it's garbage day here in Cleveland and walking my dog in the neighborhood, I pick up garbage and throw it in trash cans as I walk because it's my neighborhood and I want to leave it better than I found it. So those just simple overarching life skill um, and important pieces were ingrained to me at an early age. Uh, and then certainly as I continue to progress, I mean, you know, my college coaches and, and phrases like be your brother's keeper, right? And always be the best teammate you can be um always have stuck with me and continue to progress with me as I continued into my professional career um individuals like Jason Galaska from the NACDA office um who really helped me understand you know how to say no at different times when you need to say no people like Jamie DeLoreto who really helped me understand the importance of taking a step back from the day-to-day grind and and looking at the big picture and uh, Jamie's the um Associate AD of External at Boston College um so there's been a lot of different people in my life that I would say have been mentors without necessarily being a defined mentor. Um, you know, I've, I've constantly learned from different individuals over the course of my path and, and certainly now, and I'd be remiss to, to not mention his name, but uh, one of our local trainers who we unfortunately lost back in the fall, uh, Freeman Blade, um, who was a former NBA uh, player, coached at at varying levels of of basketball Um, but just he was one of the most intentional um, and supportive individuals I've ever met in terms of looking at the big picture understanding your mission and why you're here Um, and so some of the conversations that we got into uh, more as a peer-to-peer mentorship in a way um, just in the nature of his position was incredibly valuable so I'd say there's it's hard for me to throw out, I did throw out a couple names, but there's so many different individuals that I continue to learn from, whether they're peers, whether they're bosses, whether they're superiors, whether they're um, just friends, Um, I try to learn as much as I can from as many people as I can, because I'm not necessarily where I need to be uh, in in my life, and I continue to, to want to learn and grow.
0: I always love to hear these stories as people invariably, as they're talking about, oh, well, my parents or, or this coach or this boss, um, I'm having my own flashbacks to, you know, my mom and dad and those coaches. You bring up a great point. You know, there's so many people that they had an impact and they don't even know that they had that impact on you. Um, I shared with someone um, at a recent uh, get together uh, for uh, ADs uh literally those words i don't know if you understand or i don't know if you knew this but and it was uh, a workshop that they had done maybe 15 years ago that kind of got me started in this area of sportsmanship at my school that led to this that led to that that led to you know my involvement at state and nationals and it it really was from that conversation it might have happened you know six months later if she hadn't said anything but i made a point of saying hey, you know, you really had an impact on what I did the last, you know, 15, 16 years. So thanks for Jake, sharing I that.
1: I think that's huge. And, and specifically I'll be remiss with Freeman Blade, who's, who's the PCA trainer that I mentioned, the one thing that stuck, he would always say it, and I would feel like it would be every conversation we had, he'd always go, right guy, you got to have an attitude of gratitude. Right. And so that really stuck with me. And, and, and I hope he knows, you know, how much I love and respect him and how much he poured into me. And, and But I've been intentional about it, um, you know, since I first met him four years ago, of practicing gratitude and making it a part of my my daily um, routine. And and there's times where I will try to randomly message or text people just to make sure they know how much I appreciate them um, out of the blue. Um, and that's rewarding for me. And, and hopefully it helps them understand the, the impact that they've had on other people as well.
0: Wow great, great stuff. For listeners, we're visiting with Ryan Virtue of the Positive Coaching Alliance. We're going to come back in just a minute and uh, take a deeper dive into exactly what Positive Coaching Alliance is and does and why you as a listener uh, should uh, be involved. Uh, But let's take another quick break. Uh, This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank wall of fame by Vital Signs for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. You know, Vital Signs is on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital wall of fame tribute. Give them a call at 614-981-3589. Or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. You will be very impressed. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting with Ryan Virtue from the Positive Coaching Alliance. Ryan, um, for those of our listeners who are not familiar with uh, Positive Coaching Alliance, you know, give us a, a little bit of an idea of, of what it does um, and why it's important, and then maybe uh, some best practices that uh, our listeners can begin to incorporate from some of the resources that uh, PCA provides.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jake. And, and first of all, our, our mission is to be a catalyst for positive youth development through sports in all communities across the U.S. And you know, ultimately, we just believe that, you know, whether it's high school or youth athletes or even collegiate athletes, every athlete has a right to a positive experience that's going to develop them and prepare them for the rest of their lives. So that's our guiding light in everything that we do and, and the way we do our work. But, you know, the, the best way to to talk about it is is from a culture perspective, right? Because there's in the youth in, in college, or youth, high school, college, no matter what level of amateur sport, uh, culture and environment is the most important thing to really help develop young people. Um, and and the best way to describe the youth sports culture is really like a four legged stool. There's four constituent groups that create your culture as a youth sports organization. The first leg of the stool is leadership, right? And and at the end of the day. Organizational leaders, whether it's an athletic director at the youth level, it's the board of director um, group, um, the college level, obviously it's the overarching athletics department, um, but ultimately their number one job is to establish their culture and defend it at a really high rate, right? And make sure we're in, intentional about the way we serve our own organizational mission. So we provide leadership tools, training, and resources to help organizational leaders be more in tune with what their mission is and how they lead these other groups. Second leg of the stool is, is coaches and we train coaches to be what we call a double goal coach, which is goal one, you want to strive to win, right? That's the beauty of competition and sport. Um, but the second more important uh, goal is to teach life lessons in the process. Um, and that's ultimately what what our mission is typically as an organization is we want to develop better people through sport, um, more so than just developing better athletes. And so, uh, but we're really intentional about even the way we talk about winning. Um, because you notice I mentioned the phrase strive to win. So we want to make sure it's, it's centered in process versus outcome. And we just live in a society right now where, um, you know, the way we consume sport is through what you see on TV, uh, which is a business oriented, um, sport world and their job is to win, right. It's, it's full on professional sports and that I don't want to go down this path because I could talk about it, um, at nausea but uh, college athletics has lost its way in a lot of different ways and and it is now essentially professional sport as well. But we allow that mindset to trickle too much into the the college or the high school and youth environment and it becomes a win at all cost culture. So we try to combat that, but we also do wanna be clear that the pursuit of winning is important because the pursuit of winning is where we learn a lot of life lessons like grit and resiliency and teamwork and striving for something bigger than yourself and goal setting. So if you eliminate winning entirely and everything's sunshine and rainbows, you know, we're still missing a huge opportunity to develop our young people through sport. So that's that's the beauty of competition. Um, but we need to be intentional about the way that that we train coaches and make sure that they understand the true mission and, and purpose of their role and that it's not win at all cost. Um, the third leg of the, st- the stool is parents. So we do a lot of proactive parental training and helping parents understand um not only what not to do, but more importantly, what they can do and the importance of their role in the environment and supporting um, you know, the development of, of their young person. And so you know, we talk about the second goal parent because their primary focus is the second goal of the coaches' double goal coach model, which is teaching life lessons, right? But we also need to help them understand how to do that effectively. Um, and we need to listen to them because they're an important, uh, an important group to, to take into consideration. And the last leg of the stool is the athletes themselves. And we train athletes ultimately to be what we call a triple impact competitor, which is how do you make yourself better? How do you make your teammates better? And how do you honor the game? And honoring the game is where we dive into developing a high level of respect for rules and officials and opponents and teammates and yourself. So that's the framework we use. And the reason I use that four-legged stool analogy is is anybody listening to this podcast, and even Jake with, with your experience. Um, Over the years, if any one of those legs in your environment is weaker than the rest, that stool in your culture becomes pretty wobbly, right? And if we don't address that weak leg, unfortunately, in this day and age, especially, we see a second leg go with it pretty quickly. And um, so let's say parents are really challenging, right? If you don't address that parent challenge, we lose really good coaches who their stipend isn't enough to to take, um, you know, the, the negativity from the parent side. Or even worse case, what we're seeing is their kids flat out quit, right? And when kids quit sports, which is happening at alarming rates, if anybody follows the uh, Aspen Institute's project play data, you know the average age of kids quitting sports is about 10 and a half years old. So they're not even making it to the uh, middle school level where they get to be, you know, impacted by the educational environment um, through sport. So it's a it's a pandemic on its own in terms of the way that and we focus and so we try to tackle it as Positive Coaching Alliance, certainly from a high school level, from a middle school level, but we also want to work in partnership with schools to get to the youth sports level and how do we actually get these kids to the point where they can play in the middle school and high school level, um, because of the life lessons that are taught through sport and if they don't get them, then we don't know where they're going to get those life lessons and it's it has a direct impact on on their developmental process so. Um, in a nutshell, that's that's ultimately what we do as PCA.
0: Yeah, great, great stuff. I love the analogy of the four-legged stool and and talking about one of those legs, you know, the parent aspect, uh, I, I think that's you know getting a lot of attention, you know, the last few years. And it's uh, I don't know if ironic's the right word, but the uh the NIAAA just this year released a brand new course uh, in their leadership training program called partnering with parents, I was very fortunate to be a part of that authorship team and that instructional team. But uh, you're absolutely right. If if any one of those components is missing or faltering in the uh, athletic experience, you know, the student's going to suffer. Okay. Uh, Let's, you know, shift gears just a tiny bit uh, and and talk about, you know, the application, you know, uh, some best practices. That's one of the things we try to do with this podcast. What are some things that you've seen uh, in your career, um, as well as with Positive Coaching Alliance, where some of these things have been applied, and, and we've seen some really cool uh, results, either you know, student team or you know, organizational wise? Uh, do you have anything you can share with us? Yeah, I think there's a,
1: a couple things, and I mean, first of all, we always start off with leaders need to know what their mission is as an organization right and you know if we if we aren't intentional about our mission and, and knowing our mission then essentially we become the blind leading the blind right we're, we're recruiting new coaches we're recruiting new families or or we're you know in the public school setting we're incurring new families um you know and if we're not intentional about what our mission is um then anytime you know we we try to combat a decision or, or um, you know, try to take a stance on something that isn't out of alignment or that isn't in alignment with our mission, it becomes a personal battle, right? And so we need to make sure that, that we're really in tune with what our mission is and we're effectively communicating that to everybody else because otherwise we're allowing everybody to come into our environment with their own perspective of what this environment is. And that can be very dangerous, especially when like we talked about earlier, Jake, the, the default mentality is win at all costs, because that's the way we consume sports. So we have to be really intentional. And so we've seen in a lot of programs that we work with um, higher retention rate on coaches. Right. We've seen higher retention rates on on student athletes. Um, we've seen more passion for the athletic experience through the educational environment. Um, and a deeper understanding of of the importance of that environment. Um, And so, you know, that's how we center all of our work is how do we create, you know, ultimately that that supportive environment. And so a lot of what we've seen too is is a reinvigorated passion for learning within the individuals that, that we work with. And I know specifically for me, since I've joined Positive Coaching Alliance, especially coming from the collegiate athletic space, Um, my growth mindset has taken off because of the nature of our programming and what we do and my, my increased thirst for knowledge. Um, and so in a lot of ways it unfreezes people because it helps them take that step back and remember their why, right? Why, when we talk about coaches, why do I coach? Why do I coach the way that I coach? What would my kids say about the way that I coach them? Right. And, And that perspective is so vitally important, um, to create. So. The first best practice is absolutely know your mission, right, and, and make sure that you are tunnel vision focused on that mission. In addition to knowing your own why, right, and those things have to be hand in hand. If your why is one thing and the organizational mission is something completely different, that's going to be a combative environment over time. So you need to be really intentional. Second piece that that I try to work with a lot um, with, especially with school direct athletic directors. Um, Is how do you create a really sound onboarding process right like i mentioned if we aren't intentional about bringing people in and and the the challenge of the youth sports environment high school sports environment is our culture is never static you always have new coaches and it may not always be head coaches but at least assistant volunteer assistant coaches you always have new families you always have new student athletes so how do we be really intentional about creating successful onboarding processes to welcome them into the environment make sure that they know what the expectations are within this environment. And let's make sure we provide tools, training, and resources to help them actually achieve what those expectations are. Um, Because for some of them, depending on their career path to that point, they may not have been exposed to any kind of programming uh, that aligns with your expectations and your mission. So it's really important to, um, to take that approach. And I would say the other best practice that I would really lean in on is don't ever be afraid or too prideful to pull an outside council, um, and, and support. There are times and, and I'll, I'll reference this story and I know he won't mind because he's part of our, our local leadership council here in the Cleveland area, but Neil Huntington, who's the former GM of the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, I coached his two boys in, in youth baseball lessons and I'll never forget the day that, uh, <laughs> I did a lesson with the son, like I did with every parent. I would say, Hey, just so you know, Neil, this is what I've been working on with your son. And he looked at his son and goes, Yeah, but he goes, Hey, Will, how many times have I told you that? Right. And his son looked at him straight in the face and he said, Yeah, but dad, he's a professional. And I just couldn't stop laughing because he's a general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. This guy knows more about the game of baseball than I will my entire life. But it was really eye opening for me because to his son, he was still just dad. And as leaders, no matter where we are, um, whether it's in a professional setting, whether it's in, you know, uh, an athletic setting, um, wherever it may be, to a degree, we're mom and dad within our environment, right? We're the good cop and bad cop. And so our unique relationships with every coach, with every parent, with every athlete can honestly impact the way that they consume information from us right? So we may do some really good developmental programming, but we just told a coach that we had to say no to something in their budget process because we just didn't have the money. And now they're not seeing eye to eye with us. And then I'm going to try to pivot and be the professional development speaker. They're not listening to me, right? So sometimes it is important to pull in outside counsel. Um, and, and you know, so that's that's kind of my um, my big push for best practices is, is is don't be afraid to, or too prideful to to seek outside counsel if needed, you know, make sure you're intentional about creating those onboarding processes and and certainly know your mission at the end of the day.
0: Well, great, great stuff. And again, the last one that you mentioned, bringing it outside counsel, I'm I'm sure you heard this before. uh, uh, You know, it's hard to be a prophet in your hometown. uh, (laughs) And it's just, it's, humorous but oh so true okay we're gonna do this at the end of the uh podcast but ryan if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit find out more about positive coaching alliance what's the best way that they can get in touch with you
1: absolutely i'll give you my email address is is just ryan r-y-a-n underscore virtue v-i-r-t-u-e at positivecoach.org um, certainly you go to our website and fill out the information page there as well. And, and that'll direct you to any of my appropriate teammates. Um, but I'm also very active on social media. Yep. Um, so connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with me on, uh, on Twitter. It's PCA underscore virtue. Um, I'm really easy. If you want my cell phone number, I can give my cell phone number. It's really easy. So, um, <laughs> But I'm easy to reach out to and, and always want to be a resource.
0: All right. Ryan Virtue, Positive Coaching Alliance. We're going to be back with some more. Uh, Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year, while also creating excitement in the gym the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action you can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information that's sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting with Ryan Virtue from the Positive Coaching Alliance. Ryan, we've been asking our guests uh, the last couple of months um, a question that revolves around this idea of coaching toughness. Um, A long time ago, when I was in high school, Uh, it was very common, you know, for my coaches to say, you know, come on, you got to be tough, or come on, you got to suck it up. And since then, uh, I think we figured out, you know, more effective ways, maybe better ways to kind of communicate that desire as coaches. But toughness is a very important quality of the athletic experience at any age, uh, and also for life. Uh, So my question to you, um, how can an AD or a coach, help to teach a kid to be tough while also being sensitive to the very real social emotional challenges that a generation z kid is experiencing Uh, do you have any advice for us yeah
1: jake i love this question i love how you phrased it as being tough and being sensitive because i think societally right now a lot of people look at these two things as mutually exclusive right and Societally, at the end of the day, we need to get out of this either-or fallacy mindset um, that unfortunately you know persists. And and you can and should be mentally tough, and also be sensitive. Although I look at the, the word sensitive as respectful and empathetic, right? And um, you know I think they they play in. And, and at the end of the day, true toughness is a mindset thing, right? And and as coaches we're really good at developing extrinsic motivation, right? Where, hey, do this because I told you to. And, and Jake, your experience with your coach is a prime example, like be tough, be tough. Well, what does that mean, right? Like you can tell somebody to be tough, but you actually need to coach them what that means, right? And and how they can be tough. And so I think a lot of it stems, mental toughness stems from self-awareness, right? And it gets back to not even just looking at yourself as an athlete, but what are your values, right? How well do you know yourself? Are you in control of your own response, especially when you face adverse situations or do you simply reflexively react to different events that happen to you? Right. And so the coaches who do a really, really good job of developing mental toughness, are the ones that really help athletes understand and increase their level of self-awareness, um, and, and not allow them to be simply reactionary, right? We know, especially in sport that times of adversity are going to hit, right? It's that's a guarantee, right? We're going to strike out or we're going to miss a free throw or, you know, in the case of Simone Biles, like you mentioned, she had a case of the twisties or I was spending time with, uh, a colleague of mine, um, whose daughter is a pole vaulter uh, in college, and she was at the Big Ten Championships, and um, they uh, she had struggled with uh, oh geez, now I'm blanking on the phrase, um, but basically a mental block that didn't allow her to even go up over the uh, to get the pole placed and, and go uh, up in the pole. So it was. It's always interesting that you know we need to help us. Help athletes understand what's in their control versus what's not in their control, and and to pull it back to PCA and the approach that we take is one of our primary principles. Is what we call the Elm Tree of Mastery. Right. The end of the day, the only things we have control of are our our effort, right. So that's the E. The L is is our ability and willingness to learn and adapt, right. And then the M is understanding that hey, mistakes are going to happen, right. But how we manage our mistakes is what's going to be the most important thing. Um, And so creating this environment for our kids where they feel like they can fail forward and not dwell on past mistakes is what's really going to help them develop a high level of toughness. And, And we love asking this question in our workshops is, hey, what's the most important play in any sport? Right. And it's always the next one. Right. It's the next play that's always the most important. But yet as coaches, we're really, really good at pointing out failures and really good at trying to fix them right? And there's times where we just need to let that athlete work through that challenge and and be able to get to that next play. Um, And and that comes across as mental toughness, right? And um, so it is important that we we create and and foster that environment. Um, The other thing from a sensitivity standpoint, and like I mentioned, I prefer to use terms like respectful and empathetic, um, you know, because those are really good qualities, not negative ones, right? Sensitive sounds like a negative term, but when you position it as as respect, right? Or empathetic, those are really positive terms. And we need our athletes to to understand, especially when we're in the throes of competition, right? So a lot of times where sensitivity comes up is when you're dealing with somebody else. So mental toughness is much more internal, intrinsic, how you handle certain situations yourself. And then sensitivity is more external right? Like, how are you positioning yourself and supporting somebody else? And, and again, we, we use a, uh, a term, uh, and, and a, um, philosophy called the, the emotional tank, right? And everybody has an emotional tank. And when your emotional tank is empty, you're pessimistic, you give up easily. You're miserable to be around. You don't have a desire to, to learn. Um, you don't even want to get out of bed that day. Whereas people with full emotional tanks, right? Are optimistic. They're more, Uh, energetic they're you know more willing to help others they're more coachable right all these things that we see and so as a coach it's our responsibility to try to fill emotional tanks with truthful and specific praise whenever we can right and so we need to as coaches certainly model um what it means to be empathetic and respectful right and and jake you as an official could probably uh talk ad nauseum to this and the importance of being respectful of others right (laughs) um But we need to model that behavior as coaches um, so that we can see it more intentionally from our our athletes. Um, And we need to help also make sure that they understand that, you know, especially in competitive environments, not everything is a competition, right? Or not everything is the enemy, I should say. Um, You know, your opponent is not your enemy, right? So we should be empathetic and, and respectful of our opponents, right? The officials are not the enemy. Right, your teammate who's competing for the same position as you, right, and you're in battle for a position to get playing time. They're not an enemy, right? They're a respective opponent that that together, when you work hard against each other and you handle the things that are in your situation, you will get stronger. Um, and hopefully, you get stronger together because competition is is a beautiful thing. So I think it's really important that you know we we really understand that it's important to. To be more self-aware, um, that we are empathetic and understanding that there are different people in this world who perceive life through a completely different lens than we do. Um, you know, we get caught up a lot in in the world that we see um, through our eyes, through our experience, through our learned um, you know environments, and and we need to understand that not everybody has that that exact same approach. So that does trickle into the diversity, equity, inclusion, empathy side of things a little bit as well. Um, You know, we need to understand that everybody sees the world through a completely different lens and and be able to approach different situations out of curiosity, as opposed to out of combativeness, um, just purely from our own perspective. So um, that's the way I like to look at at certainly toughness and, and sensitivity or empathy and respect.
0: I love the way that you very carefully crafted, you know, that whole definition. Well, this is what we mean to be tough. This is what we mean about being sensitive. Great stuff. And uh, again, talking about the officials, uh, I'm actually doing a presentation to some ADs here in a couple of days. uh, And that's one of the components about how the athletic director needs to lead the charge on their coaches modeling great sportsmanship. Very good stuff. Ryan, this has been really cool uh, listening to your history and getting to know you a little bit, but we're not done yet. Uh, We always like to wrap up with what we call the Athletic Director's Toolbox. You certainly know your way around the world of athletics, but uh, in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to send out a brand-new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. Uh, We're going to find out what Ryan Virtue is going to put in his athletic director toolbox, which uh, is sponsored by Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and find out what Ryan Virtue is going to put in his athletic director toolbox. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. And it helps give them a voice to demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them show you how to take your athletic department from good to great. Once again, we're back with Ryan Virtue and it's time to um, find out what he is going to put into his athletic director toolbox. Ryan, what do you have for us?
1: So the first thing I I would say, and this is vitally important, especially for people just starting out in their careers is don't forget to prioritize yourself. Um, burnout is very real in this industry. I mean, I think Jake, the average lifespan of a sitting AD at an existing school is about three and a half years. Um, you know, if you look at the youth sports space, it's, it's perhaps even a little less than that. And so uh, burnout is very real. So you need to make sure you're constantly prioritizing yourself. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Um, so you need to make sure whether that's, carving out time to work out every day, whether that's taking five, 10 minutes in the middle of the day to meditate and, and hit the reset button. Um, you know, whatever you need to do as an outlet, do not allow your day to get too carried away where you're, you're not a priority. Um, so that's, that's step number one. Um, the, the second uh, tip I would say for the, the toolbox is never stop learning. Um, Jake's obviously done a great job Uh, with the NIAAA and some of the LTI courses, and and all the other certifications. um, Never stop learning, even once you achieve certain levels of um, education and and credentials. Um, you know Whether it's through listening to great podcasts like the Educational AD podcast, whether it's through reading books, whatever it may be, always, always, always have that thirst for knowledge, because you can always get better. And again, modeling behavior is vitally important so if we're trying to create growth mindsets in our coaches and athletes we need to model that behavior as athletic administrators as well so um so again number two is is never stop learning number three i I mentioned it earlier in this podcast know your mission know your mission and know your own personal why make sure those are in alignment but again if you don't know what your organizational mission is You become the blind leading the blind very, very quickly, and then everything becomes reactionary. Um, You need to be a leader. You need to be proactive, and that proactivity needs to be in alignment with what your school's mission is. At the end of the day, the athletics department mission, everybody every mission is worded a different way, but it should be your school's mission through sports is basically what the mission of your athletics department is. So um, just know your mission. And then the last thing I I would say, and and I'd be remiss to to serve an organization like Positive Coaching Alliance and not mention this, but, uh, and I say this and and I I serve Positive Coaching Alliance because I believe it, utilize the the tools and resources that exist, um, you know, to train your coaches, to train your parents, to train yourself, to train your student athletes, to create common language. So Positive Coaching Alliance does have um, a number of different ways that we work with schools. We do live interactive uh, workshops that's our bread and butter so dialogue based workshops either in person or virtually via zoom, we do have online courses, we do have. Um, our books, and then we do have our completely free PCA development Zone website, which is basically here's our content taken use it's just not put together in any structured manner like our books and our courses and our, our workshops are. Um, but use it as a resource and a tool um, in addition to any other resources and tools that that you're using. Um, You know, there's, I believe there's no one size true one size fits all. And um, it's a matter of identifying what that right program is for yours. And I certainly believe in, in PCA and the structure that we set. that's why I specifically left the collegiate athletic administration to work only within positive coaching Alliance, but find tools that that support what your mission is and what you need to do As an administrator so um so again just to summarize those four prioritize yourself always never stop learning know your organizational mission and use outside organizations like positive coaching alliance um or or ones that fit your environment the best um you know to to help you achieve your your goals
0: great stuff uh and, and again as someone who's you know been to PCA presentations before I, I can say without hesitation, great program, great instructors. Uh, thanks so much for all you do. Thanks for sharing today. Uh, before we go, uh, one more time if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit or find out more about what positive coaching alliance can do for them in their school. what's the best way to get hold of you?
1: Sure again connect connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I have a user of that uh, follow me on. Uh, Twitter at PCA underscore virtue. Um, certainly reach out through our website. My email address is Ryan underscore virtue at positivecoach.org. Um, and yeah, absolutely reach out any social media, um, you know, way that you deem appropriate, email me, call me, text me. I'm here to help any way I can. So uh, just appreciate what athletic directors around this country do. I know it's not an easy job, but it's an important job. Um, And so just extremely grateful for what you do to help develop our young people and prepare them for the next steps in their lives. So thank you. And thanks, Jake.
0: Yeah, thank you for uh, being on today. And again, thanks for all that you do. Um, For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews are uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing.